This is Kate Daly from The Kate Daly Show. I wanted to share with you some of the most damning clips to date on this whole COVID-19 2020 and 2021. I'm going to share with you the first clip. Here's a clip from 60 Minutes that played on Halloween night 2021. This piece is extremely damning. Listen to the last statement. Harari says the countries and companies that control the most data will in the future be the ones that control the world. Today in the world, data is worth much more than money. Ten years ago, you had these big corporations paying billions and billions for WhatsApp, for Instagram, and people wondered, are they crazy? Why do they pay billions to get this application that doesn't produce any money? And the reason why? Because it produced data. And data is the key. The world is increasingly kind of cut up into spheres of, 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 of data collection, of data harvesting. And where does the data go? California? Or does it go to Shenzhen and to Shanghai and to Beijing? Harari is concerned the pandemic has opened the door for more intrusive kinds of data collection, including biometric data. What is biometric data? It's data about what's happening inside my body. What we have seen so far, it's corporations and governments collecting data about where we go, who we meet, what movies we watch. The next phase is the surveillance going under our skin. The next phase is the surveillance going under our skin. This next clip comes from Project Veritas. This is a whistleblower. Listen up. The government doesn't want to show that the vaccine is full of. It's not doing what it, its purpose was. May I see your badges? You're Jody O'Malley with the Department of Health and Human Services. This is a United States government identification. I'm looking at the CDC website. It says that you're required to report adverse events following vaccinations. One of those would be uh, congestive heart failure. That's a huge one. Were there other instances that they, they didn't report? Oh, I've seen dozens of people come in with an adverse react. This is evil at the, the highest level. You have the FDA, you have the CDC that are both supposed to be protecting us. Are the policies and administrators coming directly from the federal government? Yes. You also have to forget this clip from the Pentagon 2005 when they discussed the fun vax, putting something in a vaccine for everybody that would get rid of the religious or spiritual gene in the brain that lights up when you pray. They were talking about jihadists at first. I don't know if jihadists are lining up for flu shots in America. What's the name of this proposal? Yeah, so, so the name of this project is FunVax, which is the vaccine for religious fundamentalism. And you have a proposal already? The proposal uh, has just been submitted. But by spreading this virus, we're going to eliminate individuals from donning on a bomb vest and going into a market and blowing up the market. So our, our hypothesis is that these are fanatical people, uh, that they have overexpression of the VMAT2 gene and that by vaccinating them against this, we'll eliminate this behavior. 
the least. How would you suggest that this is going to be dispersed, aerosol? Well, so, so the, the present uh, plan and the tests that we've done so far um, have used uh, uh, respiratory viruses, uh, such as flu or, or uh, rhinoviruses, and uh, we believe that that's a satisfactory way to get the exposure of the largest uh, part of the population. Most of us, of course, have, ha have been exposed to both of those viruses. And, and we're, we're quite confident that, that this will be a, a, a very successful uh, approach. Then there's Moderna's Tal Zox. He is the chief uh, director of Moderna, and he's telling us that it is software in this shot. It's the software of life, in fact. He admits it freely. They all do. Here's Moderna's spokesman. This thing called messenger RNA, or mRNA for short, that transmits the critical information from the DNA, our genes, to the protein, which is really the stuff we're all made out of. This is the critical information that determines what a cell will actually do. And so we think of it like an operating system. And it's not just in every cell of our body, it's actually in every cell of every organism alive. It's the same thing. And so if you could actually change that, which we call the software of life, if you could introduce a line of code or change a line of code. Uh, you can basically do anything with uh, synthetic uh, RNA, DNA. Um, it's, it's like a computer program. So, I mean, I think with enough, with, with, uh, with effort, that's not too crazy. You could probably stop aging, reverse it if you want. Um, uh, these are, you can basically do anything. You can turn someone into a freaking butterfly if you want with the right DNA sequence. So, I mean, caterpillars do it. The part about the butterfly was given to you by Elon Musk. This next clip is Dr. Robert Malone, creator of the mRNA vaccine. I, I'm with you, and the big loser is going to be the entire... Here's, as a vaccinologist, here's what I'm going to say it really pisses me off, is that what what is going to happen? I, I put out a post talking about what's going to happen to public trust. If it turns out that ivermectin is effective and safe and the vaccines have safety risks that have been hidden from us. Here's ABC News telling you that eh, changing your DNA is a nothing burger. It's really nothing. Don't worry about it. UC San Diego virologist Dr. Davey Smith says, hold on, we still don't have direct evidence of this happening in people. And even if it is, there's a good chance it's not a big deal. If this One thing is for certain, his study is prompting a whole lot more research. Derek Stahl, ABC 10 News. Here's the China head epidemiologist in January of 2021 telling CBS that there is not a sample anywhere to be found. And of course, the person interviewing him did not even ask about that statement. It still isn't clear whether the Huanan market was the source of the virus, though outside experts believe it was a starting point for the outbreak where Chinese officials took samples over a year ago. And why has the data not been shared? No, they didn't isolate as a virus. That's the issue. No, they didn't isolate as a virus. That's the issue. Here's Dr. Sherry Tenpenny weighing in on the entire vaccine outlook and situation that we're in right now. It's totally experimental. It's um, authorized only under experimental um, emergency use. We have zero, zero 
long-term studies on what's going to happen down the road with this anti-spike antibody, what can happen with autoimmune diseases, with neurological conditions, with cardiovascular type of conditions. In fact, humanity right now as we speak, we are the experiment. In this next clip, you know you've reached ridiculous proportions when you're being told in a hurricane, food and water don't matter as much as getting the vaccination. This is truly a desperate attempt to convince you to go get one. Let me be clear. If you're in a state where hurricanes often strike, like Florida or the Gulf Coast or into Texas, a vital part of preparing for hurricane season is to get vaccinated now. Why the desperation? Wow. In this clip, you're told by the U.S. Treasury assistant that it would getting the shot would actually help the supply chain. Get the goods on the highway and into stores. It's not just making things harder to find. It's making them more expensive. The reality is that the only way we're going to get to a place where we work through this transition is if everyone in America and everyone around the world gets vaccinated. But the reality is that the only way we're going to get to a place where we work through this transition is if everyone in America and everyone around the world gets vaccinated. This is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. telling us that the CD is a vaccine company. Joining us now is Robert F. Kennedy Jr., chair of the board of Children's Health Defense and their senior prosecuting attorney as well. CDC is actually a vaccine company. CDC has a total budget of about $11 billion a year. So they're approving the vaccine. They're mandating for them for the public. They're buying them from these companies who they're friends with. Officials in those agencies who worked on the vaccines can also own part of the patent and collect royalties of up to $150,000 a year. I'm mandating this vaccine to people and then collecting money on it and ignoring the health effects when people are injured. CDC is actually a vaccine company. CDC is actually a vaccine company. This clip was recently from the Today Show, interviewing the CDC, the head of the CDC. And here she states they don't have any data, just hope, no data. So so here's my question. Is there hope, or better yet, data, that getting this third booster shot could actually prevent transmission? So there's actually hope. We don't have data yet. Here's Dr. Brian Artis in this next clip explaining the protocol given at the hospital, the thing that is actually killing people because it isn't COVID. People are only dying in the ICUs with remdesivir, a brand new experimental drug, and the ventilator given them too soon. Here's Dr. Brian Artis. I've been in the media ever since to educate you guys the current genocidal attempt and murderous attempts of Anthony Fauci, the NIH, the FDA, the CDC, are all using remdesivir the same way that they used gas chambers to destroy people in Germany. This is how they're doing it and perpetuating those deaths, using a drug in hospital. Remdesivir, in six months, the safety board pulled remdesivir from the study, a one-year study, because it killed more people than any of the other three drugs. This was going to be the drug choice. Why? Because it would actually make COVID-19 look more deadly than it really was. One other disgusting thing, Anthony Fauci and our federal health agencies bought up all of the reserves and stock of this experimental drug in 2020. We didn't even let another country have it till the end of October 2020. Do you want to know why America had the most deaths during 2020 in this pandemic than any other country? We were the only country 
treating people with remdesivir proven to cause acute kidney failure, multiple organ failure, septic shock and hypotension, all of which are lethal. This was the great setup. So they set this up so that they could murder people and then convince you people were dying of COVID-19. They didn't die of COVID-19. They actually died from remdesivir poisoning causing acute kidney failure. Here's Kerry Mullis. By the way, he died two years ago suddenly. He was in pretty good health, too. Here he is discussing why the PCR test was never, ever, ever invented to be able to diagnose anything. How do they um, misuse PCR to estimate uh, all these supposed free viral RNAs that may or may not be there? I don't think you can misuse PCR. The results, the interpretation of it. See, if you, if you, if you can say, if, if, if they wanted, if, if they could find this virus in you at all, and with PCR, if you do it well, you can find almost anything in anybody. It starts, I mean, because if you can mo- amplify one single molecule up to, a, to something that you can really measure, which PCR can do, then there's just very few molecules that you don't have at least one single one of them in your body, okay? It doesn't tell you that you're sick, and it doesn't tell you that the thing you ended up with really was going to hurt you or anything like that. For Debbie Burks, she quietly went into the sunset, didn't she? You don't see her on camera all the time anymore. But here she is talking about how they classify anything, even a heart attack, as COVID-19 in America. So they're counting all deaths as COVID if they can possibly do it. Dr. Um, can you talk about your concerns about deaths being misreported uh, by coronavirus because of either uh, testing or standards for how they're characterized? So I think in this country, we've taken a very liberal approach to mortality. And I think the reporting here has been pretty straightforward over the last five to six weeks. Prior to that, when there wasn't testing in January and February, that's a very different situation um, and unknown. There are other countries that if you had a pre-existing condition, and let's say the virus caused you to go to the ICU and then have a heart or kidney problem, some countries are recording that as a heart issue or a kidney issue and not a COVID-19 death. Um, right now, we're still recording it, and we'll, I mean, the great thing about having forms that come in and a form that has the ability to mark it as COVID-19 infection, the intent is right now that those, if someone dies with COVID-19, we are counting that. Here's a nurse practitioner coming forward as a whistleblower. The vaccine rollout went pretty smooth at our hospital. I've never experienced an emergency use vaccine or an emergency use really anything in my lifetime. I've been pro-vaccine. I mean, my kids are vaccinated. Um, We rolled them out to, to pretty much like essential workers and that and all that first. There were many that were excited about it. And I understand we were all looking for a way out. After rolling them out then to the kind of general public, the elderly and um, in nursing homes in the area, we would get elderly in with COVID. It was kind of interesting. And it was, it was weird. It was almost like a week after they would get their first dose, they would test positive for COVID. And then we started seeing patients coming in, you know, uh, I got my vaccination and a week later they're in with pneumonia. 
I can say for sure in 2021, this is the year of pneumonia. Independent of COVID, I've never seen people with so many pneumonia, sepsis. And, and even in the middle of summer, you know, all summer, that's what we would get in the hospitals, pneumonia, pneumonia, pneumonia. After the vaccine rollout, I definitely noticed an uptick in heart attacks, strokes, blood clots, gastrointestinal bleeds, gastrointestinal complaints, appendicitis. Uh, we even saw pancreatitis, recurrent cancers. It was noticeably increased. Where it wasn't just me noticing, it was everybody seemed to notice. I knew nothing of VAERS, uh, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. I didn't know about our responsibility to report. It was never even talked about when these vaccines were rolled out. I mean, you'd hear it in the news here and there, but there was never this push to make sure providers were made aware that if you're getting patients in the hospital with issues, these issues, whatever, that here, here, you got to go to this website and start reporting and start paying attention to stuff. That was never educated to us at all. And I went on the website because I, <clears throat> I, I wouldn't be quiet about it. And what I did was I put envelopes in our emergency room and told many of the providers, hey, if you get a patient that comes in and they just got their vaccine or you think something might be related in any way, go ahead and put their demographics in the envelope and then I'll take care of it and call the patient and get the report done. Thinking it was only going to be a few reports a week, no, it turned into, like I said, a full-time job very quickly. Here's Dr. Shiva Talking about your immune system, it really does work and it's still on the inside of you. And this is why you did not die previously of all the different flus and all the different pneumonias because you cannot pass them between people as easily as we're told in the last two years. I mean, there's 30 trillion microbes inside of me. There's 60 trillion, I mean, 30 trillion uh, viruses. There's about 60 trillion uh, uh, bacteria among my only 6 trillion cells. I'm a germ farm, okay? And around me is a germ farm, but I'm not dying. You're not dying. Most people don't die. The people that do die are the people who have a compromised immune system, have a significantly compromised immune system. Now that happens naturally as people age, the elderly, and there's things that they can do to boost up their immune system. There's no reason to do this quarantining and this quote unquote, flattening the curve and social distancing is the only way to told that people can just spread stuff, right? And you don't have an immune system on the inside of your body. What did the WHO have to say about that? The WHO, about asymptomatic spread. Maybe. We have, it still seems to be rare that an asymptomatic person actually transmits onward to a secondary individual. You scientifically and medically cannot spread something you do not have. And if you don't have symptoms, you don't have it. It's not some mystery that you have these symptoms you don't know about. We've only been told that in the last two years of COVID. In medical history, we, we have not been told that in the last 100 years. This is why we don't get everything we come into contact with. Your immune system kicks. We won't be able to tell the difference between the two. Oh, this is a gem. You've got to hear this. This is probably why he was relieved of his duties at the CDC that the issue that I was talking about, about being more difficult, is that we're going to have two viruses circulating at the same time. This spring that we just went through, February, we had a benefit of having the flu season ended. So we could use all our flu surveillance systems to say, whoops, this is coronavirus, we need to focus. Next fall and, and, and winter, we are going to have two viruses circulating. And we're going to have to distinguish between which is flu, 
and which is the coronavirus. And so the comment that I made, it's more difficult. This clip with Chris Wallace recently interviewing Walensky of the CDC. What does it tell you that there have not been spikes in most of these communities when you have people crowded into football or baseball stadiums? We would still encourage people who are unvaccinated to wear a mask in those situations. But given that these games are outdoors, that tends to be a much safer environment. But how is it safer if they wear masks, if they weren't wearing masks, and there was no spike to anything? None of what this lady says ever makes sense. People have gathered in large groups, and there hasn't been spikes of anything. Yet, they're prone to tell you that the next big outbreak's gonna happen somewhere sometime. And so they want to force a shot on you because of that. It makes absolutely zero sense. The fact is, is there has not been big spikes in anything when big, massive groups have joined for games. And they're not wearing masks and they're sitting right next to each other. <laughs> There's the proof. Here is Dr. David Martin, owner of the biggest financial risk company corporation in the world, talking about the patents, who owns what and who profits off of what. In 1999, patents on coronavirus started showing up. In 2003, the Center for Disease Control saw the possibility of a gold strike. And that was the coronavirus outbreak that happened in Asia. They saw that a virus they knew could be easily manipulated was something that was very valuable. And in 2003, they sought to patent it. And they made sure that they controlled the proprietary rights to the disease, to the virus, and to its detection, and all of the measurement of it. We know that Anthony Fauci, that Ralph Barrick, that the Center for Disease Control, and the laundry list of people who wanted to take credit for inventing coronavirus, were at the hub of this story. From 2003 to 2018, they controlled 100% of the cash flow that built the empire around the industrial complex of coronavirus. We took the reported gene sequence which was reportedly isolated as a novel coronavirus, indicated as such by the ICTV, the International Committee on Taxonomy of Viruses of the World Health Organization. We took the actual genetic sequences that were reportedly novel and reviewed those against the patent records that were available um, as of the spring of 2020. And what we found, as you'll see in this report, are over 120 patented pieces of evidence to suggest that the declaration of a novel coronavirus was actually entirely a fallacy. There was no novel coronavirus. There are countless very subtle uh, modifications of coronavirus sequences that have been uploaded. But there was no single identified novel coronavirus at all. As a matter of fact, we found records in the patent records of sequences attributed to novelty going to patents that were sought as early as 1999. So not only was this not a novel anything, it's actually not only not been novel, it's, it's not been novel for over two decades. 
this brilliant statement from this airline pilot is amazing. And I hope we all feel this way. I've been an airline pilot for 18 years and now I'm facing an ultimatum. Not a choice, but an ultimatum. I'm being told in order to continue my career as an airline pilot, I must be vaccinated. Which really means I have to choose between putting food on the table for my family and my freedom of choice. Whether you believe in vaccination is the right thing to do or not, the situation goes far beyond health. We, the American people, have fought for freedom for 257 years. We go around the world spreading ideas of freedom and democracy. We help other countries and people fight for their freedoms while ours are being stripped away. You may think being forced to wear a mask or get a vaccination is insignificant, but when you begin to compile mandate after mandate and loss of freedom after freedom, it becomes very significant. As each thing is taken away, we face what is known as the shifting baseline syndrome. This syndrome changes our idea of a new and acceptable normal. Soon, we will not remember what it was like to have the freedoms we once did. Our children and our grandchildren will experience less freedom, and they won't have the privilege or the pleasure to enjoy the same choices our parents had or that we have. If we give in to these mandates and we do not stand up for our freedom of choice, we dishonor every armed service person over the last 257 years. A disservice to the people who have fought and bled for the very freedoms we enjoy. Whether you believe in vaccination or not, I'm standing up for your freedom of choice. For more podcasts, interviews, and over 1,200 hours of proof and evidence on this subject, go to katedallyradio.com. katedallyradio.com.